here. This is Kate McClanahan, and this is the Sound Advice Podcast. Ten ways to apply union standards to your non-union voiceover career. As Actors Sound Advice, we strongly encourage all non-union voice talent to apply some basic union policies and standards to their voiceover careers to achieve the best, most professional results in their careers. For one, we want to encourage you to aim to become a union, SAG-AFTRA, voice talent, because the pay and working conditions are a dramatic improvement over remaining non-union or simply remaining an online gig worker. By applying a few union policies to your voiceover business, you'll achieve greater control and advancement of your career, because doing so will improve your ability to deliver your best. Here are a few industry standards and policies to commit to to improve your bottom line, elevate your brand, instill confidence, and expand your voice acting business. Number one, even non-union rates are based on union scale. Scale is the term that refers to the lowest rate of pay the union maintains for each form of usage and or repurposing of your performance or likeness on camera or off. However your recorded voiceover is intended to be used, or the ultimate use of the final audio, whichever is greater, is inevitably what you're owed for the project you voiced. More on that in a moment. Scale is the lowest rate both non-union and union talent should expect to receive. It's the lowest possible going rate for the job, regardless of whether you're just starting out or not. The primary difference between union and non-union rates is residuals. Union talent receive residual pay, in addition to session fees, for voicing commercials and various broadcast projects for television, theatrical, streaming, and their continued reusage. Agents for non-union projects typically require a rate to attempt to partially compensate the talent they represent for extended use of the production in lieu of receiving residuals, also known as resids. Number two. Secure representation with qualified talent agents. Talent agents have access to work voice talent don't have access to on their own. And agents afford you an average of 5 to 55 times greater income than voice talent are able to secure without the experience and understanding of the industry talent agents offer, regardless of whether the voice talent is union or not. Of course, agents specialize just as talent do. To add to this, Far too many talent assume agents should be expected to groom and develop their careers when, in fact, agents require talent arrive on their doorstep already trained, well-produced with professional demos, and fully prepared and available to work. However, relying on a single talent agency as your sole source for employment as a voiceover isn't a realistic approach if you hope to work with any regularity. Number three, always require 24-hour cancellation notice. Should a client bail at the last minute prior to a confirmed recording session, then the client is responsible for covering your session fees, which for non-union talent tends to average between $300 and $1,200 per project or more. Charging for last-minute cancellations is standard practice for most businesses, and voiceover is no different. Otherwise, lost revenue for rearranging your schedule for the project, as well as your time and effort preparing to accommodate the project, is inevitable. This is standard practice for most businesses, though the average gig worker doesn't typically apply sensible 
business practices to themselves at their own peril. Number four, stay in your lane. You're being hired to voice the project, not produce, write, cast, edit, and engineer the job. Don't assume these skills should be expected of you as a non-union voice talent, and worst of all, included in your rate. Quite the contrary. Union talent are required to only voice the project, that's all. Doing so keeps you focused on delivering your best performance rather than dispersing your creative attention, especially considering the client's branding is on the line here. That should be the primary goal. Granted, today, all talent are required to offer clean, professional recordings and possibly a few simple edits to your auditions as needed. However, if editing is not among your skills already, don't assume these services are needed and wanted from you. Don't assume mixing and editing should be included in your already seriously low rate as a voice actor. One of the greatest missteps all small business owners share when they're first starting out is undervaluing, if not utterly devaluing, what they're worth. The truth is potential customers rarely purchase the cheapest option when shopping to hire or buy. Instead, potential clients consistently choose the second most expensive option in case you were wondering. Ironically, most novice small business startups attempting to quote-unquote appear competitive by undercutting the lowest rate they can find. And yet this sort of pricing only inevitably serves to undermine your worth and conceal your fate from ever making a proper income in this field. You'd be better served to concentrate your efforts primarily on voicing the job you've been hired to do rather than including production elements that are beyond your skill set. Yet, probably the greatest small business misstep you'll likely be encouraged, often from less than credible sources, is to offer more than you're capable of delivering. The best rule of thumb is to underpromise and overdeliver. This is a common issue that's not exclusive to voiceover, but present in practically every profession you can imagine. It became a common issue for voice talent that probably evolved out of gig culture instead of any real expertise or business acumen. Your professional reputation and future booking potential with a respected producer will be undermined should you deliver poorly executed services. Besides, claiming to be a producer places you in direct competition with your primary target audience as a voice talent, namely producers. Even if you happen to be a professional producer, like Jeff and myself, you're probably not being paid to include all those additional services. You're only being paid as a voiceover. Unburden yourself and stay in your lane. Number five, don't accept voice projects paid in perpetuity. Non-union voice talent typically receive a flat rate for their work. However, it's important to establish in advance how long the client may use your recorded performance for the pay. Determining the length of time the client is allowed to use the audio, whether it be used for just once or for six to eight weeks, on radio perhaps, or a single 13-week cycle, for six months perhaps, a year or possibly two years, inevitably falls to you to understand and hold the client to only continue to use your voiceover for a limited time, or they will owe you an additional stipend. Typically the same flat rate with a 10 to 25% increase with each renewal of use. It's commonplace. Unless this is established in advance of the session, you may be leaving money on the table. 
Suffice it to say, you're always entitled to be compensated for the added use and reuse of the original recording, whether you're union or not. It's in your best interest to be paid for each repurposing of the recording, especially if your vocal branding becomes iconic, which many have been known to do. Number six, don't assume your voiceover clients are more experienced than you when it comes to production. Okay, you may not consider yourself all that experienced when it comes to recording and directing yourself as a voice actor, but don't assume whoever hired you understands production or knows how to articulate what they need and want from you during the recording session. Clients may offer very little, if any, insight and generally rely on the voice talent to come through with creative options that bring what may otherwise be considered rather dull, wooden text, yeah? Number seven, telling yourself you can always raise the rate later, quote-unquote, should tell you your rate is probably already undermining your worth. Union rates determine the lowest rate scale you're willing to accept as a professional voiceover. So if, as a non-union talent, you're asked to offer a rate, be sure to determine your rate based on union scale and then add no less than 25%. As a small business owner, you will always have overages you'll need to cover. Your demos, training, promotion, and home studio require continued upkeep, don't forget. Even if a potential client doesn't fully disclose their ultimate intentions for the use of the voiceover you supply to their projects, include a standard policy in the form of a brief sentence in your service agreement or email that should your voiceover be repurposed in additional forms of usage, or conversely, the audio isn't used on all the forms of usage that was initially anticipated. Regardless, you're to be paid whichever rate is greater. The client may never use the voiceover in the end. Nevertheless, you did the work and you're still entitled to be paid for your time, skill, and likeness. Number eight, you are the keeper of your conflicts. The term conflicts refers to projects you've been paid to voice that are currently airing or are in use that you're continuing to receive income from. Maintaining your conflicts is basically keeping track and avoiding possible conflicts of interest that would have you essentially work for the competition. For example, if you've recently voiced a commercial for Dell Computers, then you have a conflict and aren't available to accept a commercial audition for Apple or HP, the competition, or anything dealing with computers other than Dell as long as the project is airing, or I should say, as long as you're getting paid for it. Once the term of usage has expired, you're released and free to audition and accept all manner of tech computer projects from the former competition. For what it's worth, there's no conflicts in radio. So if the project was only going to be used on radio, which doesn't happen anymore because it's all on the internet, you know, you'd have no conflicts. However, there's conflicts in just about everything else. Yeah, the responsibility falls to you to maintain your conflicts. This is standard practice whether you're union or not. You're expected to keep track of the clients and projects you may have a conflict with, and you're not to even audition for the competition while these jobs are active. In other words, while you're actively being paid or on their payroll, even if you haven't seen a dime in about, I don't know, it's it's like it's usually every three months that you're going to see something if you're still on hold, you know. You'll know. Believe me, you'll know. Number nine, supply a simple one-page universal service agreement for yourself 
If you feel you absolutely must pursue voice work on your own from some of the online sources without the benefit of qualified talent agents, then we strongly suggest you create a basic service agreement for yourself. This way, you'll ensure you and those hiring you are on the same page as to A, determine what you've been hired to deliver, including the formats the client requires, you know, for the final product. B, determine what you are expected to be paid and how long the client can use your recorded likeness. C, determine who you can expect to receive final approvals from. D, determine who you'll expect to deliver the final audio to. E, determine when the final product is required to be completed. Like, what is the final end date that it's got to ship? It's got to go out. When do they need it by? And I mean, you got to give yourself a good 24 hours ahead of that. You know, that's for any kind of God knows what, any kind of mishap. Give yourself some breathing room. Again, we strongly recommend you avoid trying to do everything yourself and leave these details to your talent agents whenever possible. It's generally best to stay in your lane as a voice actor and concentrate on being the best voiceover you can be, not Jack of all trades, master of none, because that's generally what kind of comes out of the whole thing when it when all said and done if you're not careful. Number 10. Ah, this is great. A good deal is only a good deal if it benefits both sides, not just one. Far too many talent are quick to perpetuate potential clients out of fear they may lose the job if they don't appease every random wish and whim, often prior to understanding or anticipating the real demands and degrees of difficulty associated with completing the production. This is Kate McClanahan. This has been the Sound Advice Podcast. To find out more about voiceover and our process, check out voiceoverinfo.com.